Universal Reaper special. The very first couple lines in it to sum up um, what this is to me. This is a picture of the world, and the narrator, mysterious narrator, says, I love this world, but there's something missing. Hey everybody, this is Alex. This is uh, episode number 103. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Oh man, I I haven't done that in a while and it feels like I lost my touch. <laughs> For not doing it, what, the past three episodes, I think it was pretty darn good, Dane. Don't okay, feel too good. Because it's just so much information to throw it, to, to, to list off in a short amount of time. It's weird because we shorten our title, but yet it's harder. I don't know if it's because this is only our, what, third episode, fourth episode of saying our new title. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, it, it, confuses, um, it confuses me with uh, when it comes to the this podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. This is episode number 103. This is Alex, you know. It's like it's as short as it is now, just one word. You think, eh, it's going to be a breeze, but when you think that, that's when you're going to mess up. <laughs> yeah, you see, it fakes you out. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, everybody, this is Alex. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. This is episode number 103. There. It's having oh. the exact opposite effect of what like, we were hoping for with the simple one-word intro and title <laughs> of our podcast. But <laughs> it's like said, we, still early on. You'll get used to it. How about, how about if we just say, Alex, this podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. My name is Dane. I have Tim with me. Tim, say hello. You're Steve. still going to have trouble with it. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much we shorten it, still going to have trouble with it. You could just say the word... Hello, and it'll still mess it up somehow. <laughs> uh, but anyway, how about we do our Dark Man Rises minute by minute commentary? Uh, this been, is, it's been two long weeks of waiting to do this next minute for one minute. <laughs> too long. Uh, but this episode, we're going from minute fifty-four to fifty-five. Uh, we're making progress, Tim. We're almost to the one-hour mark. Can We're you believe there. it? No, I can't. It's going to be bigger than a 100th episode when you reach <laughs> that one hour mark. Then we got to do that again. And then we got to do that for 45 minutes. Yeah. Back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we're getting there. We're, we're getting, getting there. It. But when you say things like that, it just makes you realize how long this process is yeah. going to be. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of like getting halfway up Mount Everest, but then you still got. Or no, no, sorry, like a third up Mount Everest, so like in the parking lot of Mount Everest, uh-huh. <laughs> and then just getting to the to the base camp of of Mount Everest. Yeah, <laughs> so we still got to climb the mountain. You know, see, you see, we're still in the parking lot right now. We just started. We just parked our cars, and we're about to get out. Yeah, we're making sure we have everything so we don't die up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to yeah. take another uh, hour just to make sure we're ready to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. We we just cannot waste any more of our life doing this. <laughs> then, when we're about to climb the mountain, we're going to go, you know what? This isn't such a good idea after all. Let's go home. <laughs> we'll do that like the last minute of The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> no, you see, we, can't, we cannot do that, Tim, because this is, this is hard, Tim. This is like 
This is like hitting the knuckle curve in uh, MLB The Show. It's been a while since I played that game, but it's the best baseball game out there, that's for sure. Yeah, the knuckle curve is one of the hardest. I mean, for me personally, it's one of the hardest pitches to hit because it's so off speed. I know it's just a regular curveball, but I don't know. It's it's off speed, and it just fools the hell out of you. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like it's a great moment when you actually do make contact with it. Yeah, it's like oh my god! Even though I mean, even, even if it's like a soft dribbler to the pitcher, yeah. like, <laughs> oh my god, I hit it! <laughs> I put the ball in play. I'm a great hitter. <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is, is going to be the third out, but at least I hit it. <laughs> yep, it's going to be like when we're done with this. You're right. We're going to be so happy and thrilled, but at the end, it's going to be, you know what? Who really cares that we did a minute by minute commentary? Yeah. <laughs> Who really cares? Uh, but anyway, let's get to this commentary. So just bring out your uh, Blu-ray. Oh no, that's not dead yet. Um, br- bring out your HD DVD, your Beta tape, your uh, laser projector, disc. laser disc. Uh, what else? Tim? Beta. I already said that. Yeah. Uh, my go-to is VCDs. <laughs> That's another good one. Because I actually bought three of them. Like I, yeah. I think I've said it before. The Star Wars, the original trilogy on VCD before it hit DVD. <laughs> oh, I forgot VHS tape. Sorry. It's like I had to get Star Wars on disc somehow, so I had to go to the cheapest one available, VCDs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just, just get any of those because... I know this movie is available on on those mediums. It's <laughs> so yeah. available on all medias. That's how awesome <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises is. Uh, so just grab that. And uh, we're going from minute 54 to 55, making progress. Um, and I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one, hit play. Let's get oh, to see Bane again. Yeah. I always like that pose he has where he's just walking up hands on the collar of his jacket. Yeah. Just looking like, so you're getting away now. No big deal. The bat is so cool. Yeah, I, I had to warm up to it from the first images that came out for it, but really? in the end, yeah, it ended up working. Still no bat wing, though, but it's, it's cool. <laughs> this is a cool moment in the movie too they're not saying anything just you know seeing the bat fly around Gotham Catwoman taking it all in even though they're not saying any dialogue and I thought maybe the whole minute would just be them in the bat flying over Gotham but it looks like they're getting out so we get to see them land and that's no. it we didn't get further into the bat that. Catwoman conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but the conversation we can get into is uh, our future topic for this episode, too. It's a big one. Yes, it's it is. It's a pretty big one. Yeah, and I've been itching to talk about this <laughs> since it was announced last week. Yes, we finally got details on DC's Rebirth, their slash... It's kind of even hard to call it, you know, reboot event. That event's a good word because that's what they use it for. And it happened last Thursday uh, through comic book resources. Jeff Johns made a video 
and comic book resources exclusively had that on there where he's given us more details he did an interview on their site where he provided more information and it was just great to finally get some information on what we can expect with this new event that DC has planned because they put out those teaser images of just the word rebirth and because it's got you and me speculating wondering what it's going to be and there was rumors going around is it going to be a whole full relaunch is it going to be you know other rumors that it's going to tie into more of the tv and movie universe what exactly was it going to be and we finally got some answers thanks to jeff johns and i gotta say that was a great video he put out just you know i like how it started where it went back to green lantern rebirth and the flash rebirth telling you what those stories were about and the essence of what uh bringing those characters back and how that brought the Green Lantern Corps back and different aspects of the Green Lantern mythology and the same with Flash, adding more stuff to it than, you know, just bringing back Hal Jordan and Barry Allen, but it was a bigger picture there. And those were great stories, so I love both Flash and Green Lantern Rebirth. So the fact that they're both using that as examples to the DC Rebirth, you know, on a universe whole, it gets me pretty excited. And I guess before going into the details, my initial reaction was... I guess a little bit relieved because, you know, we were a little skeptical and just kind of worried about what this would do. I even said, you know, this may make or break my uh, general bigger DC comic collecting going forward. But after getting this information, I have to say I'm pretty excited for it. And, of course, we still have to wait and see how these books are and how it all ends up playing out. But right off the bat, it got me more optimistic about it than just, you know, kind of being more leery and worried about what it's all going to be. So... I'm excited for what's coming, but um, yeah, just going to have to, hopefully it all pays out because I am getting flashbacks to 2011 where I was excited for the new 52 and what they had planned. And in the end, I don't think it really worked out, but I'm hopeful again for what they have planned here. But when you first heard this, Dane, and got more information, what was your reaction for it? Uh, I was hoping for more details about what they're going to do with the story, Hmm. you know, uh, are they? Is it going to be a quote-unquote rebirth where they're going to redo the universe like they did with the New 52? Is it going to be that big? Mm-hmm. I mean, is the scale going to be that big or is it going to be just one of those things like how Scott Snyder was saying, like, you know, they how, how they cherry-pick stories from uh, the pre-New 52? Uh-huh. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, whatever, right? Yeah. I was wondering if it was going to have that kind of attitude or if this was going to be a a, a whole new relaunch. Um, I don't know. I, I just can't help but feel that this is not going to be good, especially with the books shipping twice monthly. You know, the Aquaman, the Batman, yeah. the Flash, Green Arrow, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman. Uh, did I miss one? Uh, yeah, I know there's quite a few on yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of scares me because if you're shipping books twice monthly and your story isn't that good, it, it to start off it isn't that good. You know, you're gonna have a problem, mm-hmm. and it's gonna get old really, really quick, and it's gonna burn out faster than you know dumpster fire. Yeah, that's a good point about the twice monthly book releases i'll get into more of that later but i'm kind of on the same page with you as on that but um i guess just to go ahead and give some more of the details on what uh, jeff johns did reveal in that video and over at comic book resources so 
the event kicks off Rebirth. It's going to be you know an 80-page one-shot that's going to come out on May 25th. It's going to be written by Jeff Johns, and it's going to be illustrated by Ethan Van Sviver, Ivan Reese, Gary Frank, and Phil Jimenez. So, I mean, an 80-page <laughs> book one-shot, uh, it's going to be pretty big, and I'm sure they're going to cover a lot of ground. So that's going to be the kickoff point for it. And I have to say, what really has me excited about it is because I think DC and Jeff Johns in particular are kind of realizing, you know, some of the mistakes that were made with the new 52. And for me, you've heard me talk about this a lot, and just on the Batman front, how the legacy and history of Batman, how a lot of that got ignored or just shoehorned into that small five-year gap that just didn't work. And that's kind of what Jeff Johns is saying is going to, what Rebirth is all about, embracing that rich DC history that's been there since Action Comics number one, continuing on through all the past events and up into the new 52. It kind of stressed how, you know, this isn't a relaunch where we're going to get rid of things like the new 52 was. We're going to be embracing, like, our rich history and the legacy that DC has, which for me is what, like I said, has me really excited. That's what I felt was the biggest thing that was missing in the new 52. All those cool stories and uh, history that Batman had and other characters had. And like you said, how they kind of shoehorn and cherry pick certain elements to put it in there. It just didn't work. I mean, certain things they said, oh yeah, remember when the New 52 first started? It was like, yeah, year one still happened and all that, but then we got zero year. So <laughs> year one pretty yeah. much was, you know, made impossible to fit in that continuity. So they, yeah, yeah, and you can't, you, you just can't do that, especially, exactly. with, especially with a character that has a, such a rich uh, history, you know what I mean, uh, and so many, you know, great stories have been told. You can't just pick what you want. You you gotta either cut it all out, or you gotta find out a way to make it work. Exactly, and then they they try to build up the new Fifty Two. That yeah, the fresh start, but then especially on the Batman and Green Lantern front, it just Green Lantern worked better than Batman, but. Yeah, in the end, it just would have been best if they went all in and all, all out on the continuity. So I'm glad that they're finally looking to change that. And I'm just curious to see how Rebirth is going to you know, make this all tie-in. Are they actually going to bring back that old continuity and make it work into the new 52? Or just, you know, kind of... Well, they do bring it up that the Rebirth is going to establish, you know more of a shared universe type thing so maybe the old continuity will still be around but another universe but that's what I'm really curious to see how are they going to embrace this history that they're talking about um, without you know getting rid of the stuff that worked in the new 52 so that's what I'm really anxious to see in the one shot comic Jeff Johns you know being a little big on the details he wants to say that until he actually reads the issue he says we'll get a better understanding once we read it but I did like how we too he said in the interview with Comic Resources that the word rebirth is so important to him that he wants to make sure they get this done right because uh, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee they came to him and said they wanted to end things at number 52 with the latest new 52 books so um but he said you know if, uh, the, that word rebirth it's really important to me so we gotta you know make sure we do this right we gotta make sure we get the essence of what rebirth is all about and like i said at the beginning the fact that they're using green lantern and flash rebirth as the uh, reference point for the story that they're going on it gives me a lot of confidence and just reading in the interview you can just tell the passion that jeff johns has for that word rebirth and the story that they're trying to create now in the new 52 that's kind of something i haven't seen in a while or seen him express something like that in a long time really since 
the Green Lantern and stuff. So to see him so passionate about this again, it makes me hopeful for it. So um, that's kind of the bigger reason why I'm more on the excited and uh, looking forward to it than more of the kind of, uh, I don't know, we've been through this before and have that cynical attitude. And even in the interview, Jeff John says, you know what, there's going to be a lot of people who might have a cynic view towards it and kind of have to have a wait and see approach. And he says, that's good. That means it's up to us to you know change your view and deliver on that. So just this whole attitude on everything going on with Rebirth is making me hopeful for it. Well, I'm glad that you're hopeful uh, for it because I don't know. It, it, this whole Rebirth thing just sounds like kind of like a running on empty kind of thing. You know, it's like we really don't have anything. Our books are kind of tanking. Um, so let's just try this and see how it works. You know what I mean? See, I take it as where I think they finally come to the realization that the 52 just, the new 52 just didn't work <laughs> and it's time for a change. So I think they finally realize that and recognizing the mistakes that they made in the new 52, like we talked about. Yeah. And, one of the things that I'm glad they're changing um, is some way back from the beginning when the new 52 launches, going back and renumbering action comics and detective comics back to number one. Right. They're finally going back to their original numbering, which to me is really cool because it's going to be awesome to get that action comics number 1000. And I'm glad they're doing it now and saying it now instead of, you know, once uh, the the new numbering for action comics gets to what should be 1000, but it's not changed yet. And then they go, Oh, we're going to change it just for 1000. I'm glad they're doing it yet now, but there's still a part of me that uh, doesn't feel quite as special as it could have been. If every single book continued with that numbering, you're still going to have that little gap space and uh, 52 issues of action comics where, um, they were renumbered, but I'm glad they're going back to it, but it still stings a little bit that action and detective still had to go back to the renumbering but um, all the other issues are going to be going back to number ones again but action and detective are going to go back to their original high numbers that they left off on or what they're currently on so I'm excited about that but there's still a little bit of me like why'd you have to do that in the first place like we all knew going in that that was a mistake and it just goes back to some of the contradictions in the new 52 it's like oh we're going full and full on reboot everything's going back to number one so we can everyone can know we're serious about this but we're still going to cherry pick the <laughs> continuity and story ideas we want from the past story. So stuff like that, I hope do- doesn't happen with rebirth. And just again, just hoping they're uh, realizing the mistakes they made from this and continue on with something better than the new 52. That should get all fans happy. Those older fans like us who embrace that old continuity and all those rich stories that we've gotten over the years to be back and part of the characters, um, you know, history. And they made it a point to say how, every aspect of the DC universe or not I shouldn't say every because it's big <laughs> the DC universe but characters and then different events that happened that didn't get their shared spotlight in the new 52 are going to be you know coming back characters probably that we forgot about and are going to be kind of showing how important they are so anxious to see who and what characters are that Jeff John is referring to that who will be having a more important role but Again, just the fact that they're embracing the history is just really good to see. And <laughs> I guess we can go into the whole uh, buy or the twice monthly thing because one thing they said was that uh, the comics, which is a good thing, are going back to 
two ninety nine. So I guess they can bring back <laughs> that catchphrase, drawing the line at two ninety nine. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it sticks this time, and not just for you know a few months and none of the big titles like Batman, Detective, Action, because those were never two ninety nine. <laughs> well, you figure they're going to make more money, right? With the biweekly uh, ship ship dates, exactly. So yeah. that's kind of where it got me. Where that's uh, good that they're like that. But if we're really like the best case scenario is that we're enjoying all these comics and they're really good, and you want to collect them twice a month, but it's still going to end up being the same as you know <laughs> the three ninety nine or four ninety nine price tag that was on some <laughs> of those books. So it's going to have to wait and see if all of them are good. So it's kind of be like a good problem to have, I guess, because we're enjoying the stories, but it's still ending up being the same price point. Do you buy the um, like the uh, seven ninety nine annuals, um, or do you it, just skip them? It kind of depends if the story looks intriguing. Yeah. I'll get it, but if it's you know just some one shot, then I kind of read reviews on them first to see how people are enjoying them. Uh, I'll pass if it's not getting good reviews or if the story isn't uh, sound interesting to me. Because yeah, that's way too expensive. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're going to draw a line on those. Yeah, <laughs> I doubt it. Extending <laughs> all, the line. <laughs> it's always yeah, it's always crap stories. They like no matter what they do, it's always just throw away four page stories. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, some of them are good, and some of them, but mo- the majority of them they ended up just being fillers, like you said. Yeah. So, I uh, will see how it goes with DC Rebirth. But um, well, I mean, if there's one positive I can take out of this is that the new Fifty Two is, I mean that 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 whole thing. I, I mean, I guess it was a marketing scheme. Um, th- this whole new Fifty Two thing is gonna is gonna be put to rest and. Maybe this rebirth thing will be a little more of what we expected the new Fifty Two to be, or at least the quality of what we expected to be. Right? Yeah, the quality too. Because yeah, yeah with the new Fifty Two, we knew what they were trying to do: reboot everything, start fresh. And while I mean, they did great the first few months. Everyone was curious and to see what it's all about. And there's only really handful of titles that stuck around since the beginning and that arguably to say Batman was the best one out of all of them but yeah I think this one I just like the plan they have better for this seems like they know what they wanted especially with Jeff Johns I mean if they're going to do something like a rebirth and compare it to Flash and Green Lantern I mean there's no one I'd rather have writing it than Jeff Johns who made, did such great jobs with especially Green Lantern bringing back Hal Jordan making uh, things done to the character like Parallax and making Hal Jordan go bad, making that work into a story that, you know, it's such an essential part of the character now. You just did such an amazing job with that, bringing the core back, making, having all the core, like Earth Green Lanterns be involved with it in a way that worked. It's just, it was just not a masterful job he did with that. So if he can recapture what he did there with the DC Universe wide scale, I mean, really have to, you know, give mad props to Jeff John he's able to pull that off again with a universe wide scale that looks to do with rebirth so uh, just so anxious to get <laughs> my hands on that one shot comic because it's, it's getting me excited and it's really really intrigued because they kind of said too um, you compare you know DC to mythologies and stuff like that and there's going to be it looks like there's going to introduce some new mysterious character I, who's probably going to be central to establishing what the rebirth is all going to be about because I love the line and the tease he gave in the video where he says the first word that is said in the actual comic 
is that I love this universe, but something is missing. And I think that perfectly sums up what the New 52 <laughs> was and is during this time. I mean, it's a great universe, great characters, but in its current state, there's just something missing. And I think that what was missing was the history and legacy, like we've talked about. So, No, no, you got it all wrong, Tim. It's not the history, the legacy, everything we've talked about before. It's Plastic Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to make his triumphant return. You know what? That's why it's called Rebirth. I wouldn't be surprised if he played the part in it because I I don't think he made an appearance in the New 52. I mean, maybe in an issue I haven't read before, but the ones I read, I don't think yeah. Plastic Mac's been there. And they talk about establishing and embracing their history of characters, and Plastic <laughs> Man's part of that. So, <laughs> what if he ends up being the narrator who says that line? <laughs> oh man, it'd make my life. Yeah. <laughs> it, you, it, it would completely sell me. On Rebirth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you'd be fully on board if that happens. Huh? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, just the fact that that line is in there it makes me, you know, think that Jeff John realizes what the problem was with the, some of the stuff going on in the New 52. So, intrigued, I just really hope it comes together and he's able to pull it off to, you know, bring me... Because I want to be fully established in the DC Universe again. I'm established right now with what's going on in Batman and Green Lantern and uh, Justice League Dark Side War, which, by the way, part of this announcement was Jeff Johns is leaving the Justice League title after Dark Side War, so when it goes back to number one, he'll, it'll have a new writer. And they, they also said, too, that I believe it's on March 26th, the day after Batman v Superman comes out, um, they're going to have like a live stream of uh, a panel that they're going to have where they're going to announce a lot of the creative teams for the Rebirth project, so... Um, that should be pretty cool, having the day after Batman v Superman and then <laughs> get new comic information. It's going to be a massive DC weekend. But, um, yeah, so uh, back to being invested. I'm just not invested in the whole DC universe as a whole. I mean, I haven't felt that way in a, maybe about two years now. I, mean, I didn't get uh, really cared too much about the Convergence storyline and some of the you know, event stuff that, you know, when they do their usual, you know, they have the villains month and the, the villain store or, so yeah, can't, I'm blanking on the title now for the villain event. Villains Wall, uh, no, not, not Villains Wall. Uh, See, I want to say Villains United, but that's the old uh, crisis or infinite crisis tie-in that was going on. Yeah. See, Man, and I really like that story too. <laughs> I can't remember what the event was called. It's gonna bug me. I like what it's like Rise of the Villains, but that's what Gotham's going on. <laughs> that's their tagline right now. I'm sorry, I gotta type this in real quick to see if I can find out. Forever Evil, that's what it was. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Forever Evil. <laughs> so that was a good event. That was like the last good one that I enjoyed, which I think was yeah. 2013 and it ended in 2014. But ever since then, just hasn't been invested in the universe as a whole and while that's why I want to have yeah. that feeling again be excited about what's going on in different characters books and while it may be a strain in my wallet if it, <laughs> it does end up being really good I'm invested in it um, it, I just want to have that feeling again where I can go to different books get a bigger taste of what's going on in the DC universe and enjoy it so that's what yeah. I'm really hoping yeah, for yeah well I mean for for me it, it's it's always it will, with the DC universe recently, it's always been one foot in, one foot out kind of thing. Where it's kind of like, 
you know, maybe I'll pick up Batman because Scott Snyder's writing it. Um, uh, Batgirl, I don't really know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll read a review, and if it sounds good, maybe I'll buy it if I remember to buy it. But you know, uh, I'm not gonna buy that book every month. It, so, so it's always been like one foot in, one foot out. It's it's never been how it was pre New Fifty Two. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one, and I just hope it comes back with this whole rebirth line. So, um, I guess I wanted just to go off everything that they have announced so far on the official DC website. They did put up a list of books that are be coming out after the. 80-page one-shot special of Rebirth. So um, I'm, not, I'm just going to go ahead and read all of them just to give us an idea of what's uh, going to come. So after the Rebirth one-shot in June, there's going to be Rebirth specials, and then there's going to be you know the ongoing regular comic series. So in June, the Rebirth specials, we're going to get Aquaman, Batman, Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, plural, Superman, Titans, and Wonder Woman. So those are going to be their Rebirth specials. And then this is a list of titles that are going to be shipping twice a month now in June. Aquaman, Batman, Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So that first month, I want to check all these out. So (laughs) if all these titles are good, then it's going to empty my wallet faster than I would like. But (laughs) we'll see if all of them pan out because, again, I want to get invested in all these stories. But that that is my one negative, the twice monthly, because not even just from a financial standpoint, but even from a creative standpoint, will they be, you know, if it's going to have different writers for each issue that comes out that month, or is one writer going to do it, but kind of feel rushed. So it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. And then, um, let's see, also shipping twice monthly is going to be action comics and detective comics for June also. So two more added. And then July, the Rebirth specials are going to be Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, Hellblazer, Justice League, uh, Nightwing, Red Hood, and the Outlaws. And the new number one issues. Well, coming Nightwing up. is coming back. Yeah, I don't think we can just uh, go past that. Uh, excited for that one. Yeah, because I when I was looking at it first, I go, oh, it's getting a special, but then it's going to be part of the twice monthly shipment. So Hal yeah. Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Justice League and Nightwing, they're going to be shipping twice a month too, so uh, Grayson's finally ending, so <laughs> finally no more secret agent Grayson, I know I know people are going to be probably rolling their eyes at me as they're listening to this because I hear Grayson's really good and yeah. one of the better books out there, but just the concept I was never on board with and just I'm just glad, get into it. yeah, just glad Dick, well, hopefully it's Dick Grayson, you never know, it could be someone else in the Nightwing <laughs> get up, but uh, until they say otherwise, be... I'm thinking it is Dick. So I'm just glad to have him back as Lightwing. Is it going to be Harper? <laughs> hey, you never know. And then other issues or new number one issues coming out in July is going to be Batgirl number one, Batgirl the Birds of Prey, Hellblazer, Red Hood and the Outlaws, the Superman, and Titans. You know what? I am surprised Red Hood and the Outlaws is sticking around. <laughs> I know. I mean, that that book, <laughs> that, that book the, the, the wheels fell off. Issue one of the new fifty two. Yeah, I get a little longer. Issue two. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, maybe benefit of the doubt. Issue two. <laughs> I mean, why is it still around? Just like uh, the um, the new Adams book. Uh, what was that? 
uh, Odyssey. Mm-hmm. That one got launched. I mean, uh, uh, it it survived the New Fifty Two. Yeah, but we have Red Hood. I mean, I think he should just have his own title, just him solo. You know what I was really hoping for? Remember before the uh, New Fifty Two and what was going on in the Batman and Robin, uh, Batman and Robin title. Where Jason teamed up with, see, I can't remember her name, but it was that girl who Professor Pig messed up with, and she became his sidekick. And I like that dynamic between them, those two characters, and I wanted to see that continue. So if they're going to embrace some of the history with Jason and as the Red Hood, if they can bring her back, I think that'd be cool instead of, you know, being part of the outlaw team with Starfire and uh, uh, Roy Harper. But we'll see. And then in the fall, the Rebirth specials coming out that month are going to be Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, which I'm excited Blue Beetle's coming back, Cyborg, Deathstroke, Earth 2, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Teen Titans, and Trinity, which intrigues me because it's got to assume with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And then the issues shipping twice a month for that month are going to be Cyborg, Deathstroke, Harley Quinn, Justice League, and Suicide Squad. And then new number one issues that are just shipping once a month for that time. Oh, oh no, you meant Justice League America. Oh, good call. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So we're getting, still having say, two how, Justice League. How come Justice League is getting two number ones? Yeah. Like, oh, Justice League America. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> the, the issues shipping once a month in the fall is going to be Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, Earth 2, Gotham Academy, Gotham Academy next semester, Supergirl, Superwoman, Super Sons, <laughs> a lot of super wow. books. <laughs> <laughs> Teen Titans and Trinity. And I'm hoping Batman Beyond is going to be going back to Terry McGinnis in that aspect of Batman Beyond and move away from Tim Drake being stuck in the future and what was going on there. Gave it a few issues, didn't last long for me. I just didn't like how it was going. And so I just hope they go back to the standard Batman Beyond stories with Terry McGinnis and an old Bruce Wayne. I mean, if they don't want it to have it set in the animated universe that's fine because I got those great Kyle Higgins Batman 2.0 stories to keep me satisfied if they want to do an in uh, continuity thing with Terry and an old Bruce Wayne I'm fine with that too and just kind of doing their own thing but I just want to see Terry back as Batman Beyond so that's the list they announced so far I mean I want to give a lot of these a shot again it's kind of like I did with the new 52 hopefully most of them are good and stick good for a while, but that twice monthly, just, I'm a little skeptical on that um, to see if it all plays out on a creative standpoint too. To hopefully they're not too rushed, or you don't have two creators doing two drastically different things. Where it's like, okay, I'll get this issue of Batman this month, but the other one, it's it's written by this person, and I'm not, I don't like what they're doing, so I'm just going to skip that. So hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. Um, both hopefully both titles that come out that month are firing on all cylinders. So. That's the biggest wait and see for me is just how this whole twice monthly thing is going to work. Or it could give the uh, creators an opportunity to add more depth because they have the two issues a month rather than trying to cram everything into one issue uh, once a month. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of, you know, so like being, if you're. So if you like writing a TV show, you only have 20 minutes, but if you did a two part episode, you got this. Uh, stuff longer time slot to play with so right. i can see that being the same for that good call so yeah that's pretty much what we got going on with dc rebirth i'm glad we finally got information instead of just guessing and wondering what's going on still got a lot of stuff that needs to be answered but 
from what we've revealed so far, I'm definitely a lot more optimistic about it and actually excited to because I want to get invested into the DC universe and comics again. So if we get that, we got an awesome movie universe that's shaping up, and if we can have that two of that, like, both of those things firing in all cylinders, it'd be the best of both worlds. So I'm hopeful. As am I, but cautiously yeah. hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> we knew, we all know what happened last time. I know that's a valid, valid point too. And <laughs> I mean, if I get myself all hyped up for it, and it's the new Fifty Two all over again, I have no one to blame but myself. Well, I guess NDC too, but <laughs> for getting that excited, I could just blame myself on that. But. Well, I mean, if it is, I mean, it it would just be real sad. It, yeah, it'll just break my heart because. You know, they tried it twice in the span of five years or whatever it is, and it just hasn't worked. I know, yeah. I mean, what <laughs> what would they do afterwards if this doesn't fail? Would they finally go back to, okay, old continuities, like pre New 52 continuities all the way back? New 52 never happened, rebirth never happened. <laughs> would they actually go that route if rebirth doesn't work? How could they, though? I mean, it's been so long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that'd probably be another five years if they ever decide to abandon it, and that would be ten years since you know the old continuity yeah. was fully established. So it's going to be interesting. But <laughs> I did put it out on Twitter. Um, I used the Twitter poll on there to get some feedback and what people were thinking about the rebirth announcement and the choices I put on there. If you were excited for it, not excited, and have to wait and see, and. What one was the have to wait and see option that had forty nine percent of the votes, and then excited for it came in second with thirty eight percent, and then not excited had thirteen percent. So, still seemed like a lot of them. The more most uh, fans are on your type of thinking, Dane, kind of that cautious yeah. outlook for it, but have to wait and see approach to if it all works out or not. So, yeah, I mean, because you can look at the new fifty two and how it failed, or you can have the outlook of this is a new beginning and can it really get worse? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> point too. <laughs> After everything we've been to been through the highs, the lows, mostly lows, <laughs> can it get any worse? Yeah. <laughs> you would you would think not, but at the same time too, you gotta remember not every title is gonna be good. But yeah just hope for a cohesive universe that they're establishing where things make sense, not convoluted and you're not you know, picking and choosing certain things you want to embrace just embrace it all your rich history, which I think is the goal for Rebirth and- yeah, yeah, and that's the, that's the attitude you ha- kind of have to have is the fact that some books aren't going to be good even though you like them um, some books are going to get cancelled out of nowhere, Bad Woman yep. Uh, some, Man, that wasn't on there. Some creative teams are going to get kicked off the book. Batwoman. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, but there are going to be good books, and it's going to be a new start, and you just got to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just hope for the best. Yep. Uh, you brought up Batman, Batwoman, but would you be excited if you saw that as one of the titles, or would you be like, you know, not too interested if uh, Hayden Blackman wasn't back on there? Uh, Hayden Blackman, J.H. Uh, Williams, if their names were on there, I'd be happy. But without it, no. 
<laughs> so I guess it's better off for you than that you didn't see it on there. Yeah, just you know, just forget about it. We we have these great stories told by those two, and you know that's what you just focus on. I know it went on longer, but I don't care about that. Just focus on yeah. <laughs> uh, those two creators. Yeah, it sounds like that's the best approach for that because from. I think reviews and everything afterwards, it just, yeah. you know, wasn't the same. Yeah, it's kind of like being a fan of a band. Let's say, I don't know, uh, the Beach Boys, right? Mm-hmm. And you like the original lineup, but now they're touring around and they have just a bunch of random people. I think John Stamos is in the band. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's not the same as the original lineup mm. you just got to focus on the original lineup yeah <laughs> it's just one of those situations you know <laughs> i hear you yep. <laughs> um so yeah i i guess that's it for a future topic um excited for rebirth cautiously optimistic <laughs> i i think would be the phrase for both of us yeah see i'm more than cautiously optimistic i am optimistic for it oh, okay. so i'm a little more on the excited side i guess than you are but still or cautiously optimistic is a good attitude to have towards it also. <laughs> um, but I guess the one thing that we can be, all Batman fans can be optimistic about is the fact that Batman v Superman tickets go on sale on Monday, 229. So <laughs> you would have already bought your tickets by the time you hear this. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but it's important to say go out and buy your tickets now. Because you never know, this could sell out. Yeah, I hope it has a big uh, ticket reaction. You know, maybe not quite as what Star Wars did, where pretty much every yeah. website was crashing. You weren't able yeah. to get them, but I just hope it really does good numbers. So, I know I'll be. <laughs> I think they go on sales. I thought I read somewhere seven a.m. Pacific time on Monday. So I'll be up bright and early trying to secure my tickets for <laughs> the first seven p.m. showing for Thursday, March twenty fourth. And, That's good. Yeah, are you planning to get your tickets for the opening night, or are you gonna? Wait? Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna pull the Star Wars thing again. Yeah. That was <laughs> going to the, okay. what was the 3 a.m. showing? I think it was a 3 a.m. 3:30 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, that that wasn't good. Uh, I'm just gonna get the seven o'clock show. Hopefully, a theater is doing a seven o'clock, and not a midnight release. Um, That's becoming pretty standard now. So I, I yeah, would think yeah. they are. Yeah, which is a good thing because Definitely. you know you don't have to burn a vacation day or whatever, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or feel like exhausted it. the next day if you have to. Go yeah. To work. Um, so definitely buy your tickets. Uh, but uh, more optimistic news is the fact that Justice League will start filming on April 11th. Yes, uh, remember the exact opposite of what we were talking about about that rumor <laughs> on our last episode about Justice League being in trouble, they're yeah. gonna fire Zack Snyder, blah blah blah. No, yeah, this is like they're not happy. The studio yeah. is happy. It's like the perfect counterpunch to that <laughs> story that came out a few weeks ago. So yeah, this is definitely great news. And yeah, just the idea that by the time we've seen Batman v Superman a few times in April, Justice League is going to be in production and filming. And how awesome is that? <laughs> Yeah, well, what was even more awesome was that picture that Zack Snyder posted. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Uh, with uh, him and Jason Momoa and the it, it looks like a um, what do you call that, Tim? 
it was like uh, production office. Yeah, they're like the costume uh, shop. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, the costume department, and everybody was picking apart every single piece. Yeah. I know a lot of people were 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 going crazy over in the background. There was the Flash uh, costume, <laughs> and then you know, uh, <laughs> there's also that black suit that you saw there. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, everyone was trying to guess on what it is. Like, I've heard things from Nightwing, or is it like another possible new suit for Batman? But then someone said uh, it could actually looks like it maybe be for Black Manta, and when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, you know what?" Because people on Twitter posted comparison shots of that costume and then shots of Black Manta from the comics, and he, it does look pretty similar to it. Even some of the designs of the bodysuit that was on the suit it looks like what Black Manta had. So I don't know. Depending on what uh, the villains are going to use for Justice League, if they're going to go kind of more of a a secret society or injustice gang route where you know every hero their arch villain makes up a team if they're going to be the justice league threat or they're going to go full on dark side for the first one i don't know but if they are going to do something like that i really hope they do use black manta because he has a cool outfit <laughs> it would be cool to see that in live action because you also got uh mara's going to be in there too in the movies i know she got cast and there's looks like some concept art of her in that same photo too so yeah i wonder if aquaman is going to be <laughs> the main focus of or not the main focus because you would think the whole team will be, but maybe that one central character where the story revolves around and the conflict of everything that goes on. That would be interesting because you would think it would be Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but you know you pull the Aquaman card out of nowhere and he seems to be the main or the the story seems to center around him and his universe. Yeah, and set up his movie a little bit more because yeah we got. We're definitely getting the setup for Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman with Batman v Superman. So maybe they're kind of thinking we got them established, we set them up. Maybe they'll be a big part of Justice League, of course, but we'll have the story focus around Aquaman and what's going on in his universe. That definitely could be interesting and a unique way to go for Justice League. Something I wouldn't have expected them to do if that is the case. Yeah, but don't you think it's kind of a weird villain to start off with? <laughs> if he's just <laughs> if it's just him, definitely yeah. But if it's a if he's part of you know a super villain team up, then I could see it definitely working. Right, right. Um, some more positive news uh, for well, some people. <laughs> yeah, for some people, I guess you could say is that uh, Batman v Superman is going to get an R-rated director's cut, which kind of has me wondering. I don't know. It's. Why save all that stuff for the the, the Blu-ray? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, Why not just have that in the movie, making an R-rated movie? Yeah, they'll never do that. I mean, they can't have <laughs> yeah. whether their tentpole superhero movie be rated R and cut off. Pretty much, they're the real target yeah, audience. I mean, as much as we're fanboys, a lot of these. I mean, you want the kids to go to these too, yeah. <laughs> to create new fans and to get them all into it. Yeah, so but at the same time, can't have the R-rated, R-rated stuff, the the stuff that Snyder's built his script around. Or is it... See, no. Yeah. I don't think so. But, okay. I got a lot to say okay. about this. Okay. <laughs> you, you, uh, I know you had a rant, Tim, so I will let yeah. you... <laughs> I, I won't say anything. Just go. You know what? I'm kind of tempted to bring a new segment to our show called the latest Batman v Superman controversy <laughs> <laughs> up until the movie comes right. out. Cause it seems like every episode we got something new. And this is the latest one this week. So... Yeah, it came out that the MP, uh, MPAA revealed that they're 
uh, director's cut for Bambi Superman is listed as R for sequence sequences of violence. So when I first saw this news, I was excited. Not just because, oh, it's an R-rated extended cut, just that we're getting a director's cut of Batman v Superman. And I know I haven't seen the movie yet, but all signs are indicating I'm going to love it. And to get more of that is just great. I love extended cuts, especially what Peter Jackson does with the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. I wish more movies would do that, quite honestly. And I know you can get into the whole thing where, well, the final product you see on the screen should be the director's cut and all that stuff, but that's not the controversy. (laughs) So right off the bat, I'm excited for just the fact that we are getting an extended cut of this movie is going to be awesome. But the whole R rating got everyone up in arms about this for several different reasons. And to me, I think a lot of people were overreacting about this. And again, it just bugs me that it's another thing that's another negative light being shined upon in this movie where it looks, looks so good, and like, I just wish the majority of people talking about it online right now just had a more positive reaction towards it, being you know, excited, we're going to see Batman, we're going to be Superman, the DC Universe is being established in this movie, but no, it's all this different controversy stuff, and this is the latest one. you got a, a lot of people having an issue with Superman, mainly Superman, but there's some saying even Batman or just any DC hero being involved in anything rated R, how... That should never happen, regardless if it's on Blu-ray or in a movie. And see, I would agree if, like I just said to you before, if it was the actual theatrical release of the movie, yeah, I think that'd be a mistake, and they shouldn't do that. But if it's just an alternative option for us fans to view, then yeah, it's fine. The R rating, it shouldn't be an issue. I mean, I don't think it's going to be overly <laughs> like some really drastic and gory and bunch of foul language or like graphic sexual content that's not what's going to be i don't think of this director's cut yeah that's the weird thing too because you know you would expect something like you know uh uh a sex scene or you know swearing or whatever but it, it says sequences of violence so so does that mean that uh they they kind of went overboard with the violence. Yeah, that's what I'm curious yeah. about, and I'll get to where I what I think and hope it's actually going to be. But um, just to finish out the whole controversy with it, I mean, I gotta respect people's opinion for villain this way, and Superman is that type of character where people have strong opinions about him, how he should be viewed. But see, my thing is, and this, the real problem I had, this wasn't from everybody. I did see some stuff online as saying. You know, I don't know what's worse, you know, them making an R-rated Superman movie or that people actually like it and think it's a good idea. And it's like, I, I don't need people telling me how I should feel or about the Superman stories and what he should be involved with. I make my own opinions about how I think <laughs> stu- Superman should whoa, be and whoa, what stories should be involved with. Because I saw a lot of that. Yeah. It's got on my nerves. Like, ah, just have your opinion, but don't tell me <laughs> or tell other fans that what is the... like der- definitive right way unless you know they're doing something drastically with the character where Superman's the actual one causing the violence and the reason for this R-rated uh, cut I don't think that's the reason that's why I think it's a little overreacted Superman I don't think it's going to be the reason why this director's cut is going to be rated R if anything I think it's going to be on the Batman front maybe he's going to be doing a few brutal things to some criminals out there but or even if it is Superman's involved I've heard this too maybe it's showing the fight between Superman and Doomsday being a little more brutal. And you know how crazy the MPAA can get with their rating? It could be like one little thing where I saw someone post where 
I think the Matrix got an R rating because they kicked someone in the head. Yeah. And that's what pushed it to R. So it could be something little simple as or, that. Or and, even the Dark Knight uh, Returns animated movie, right? It, it was The Cigarette. Wasn't it? The, it wasn't rated R, though. Yeah, yeah but it was The Cigarette. They, they had to... Uh, it, oh, yeah. It would have gotten right. yeah. an R rating if they had a cigarette or something, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. So everyone's getting up in arms, but we don't know the context of this yet. I mean... Once you see it, if it is something that like is totally shocking that Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman would do, then yeah, I think voice your disappointment how it is wrong for them to do that. I agree with that. If these characters actually do something that warrants an R rating and something that's really graphic and violent that you would never expect them to do, then yeah, I'd be a, probably uh, with the complaints about that shouldn't that wasn't necessary and these characters shouldn't do that. But these. I'm going back to the whole Superman thing again, how people think he shouldn't be uh, anywhere near involved in anything that's R-rated. Superman is a good character, a great hero character there to establish hope, but he does live in a pretty dark world, and there's bad things that happen, so I don't get how it's such a big deal. If there's something that establishes an R-rated content, but he's not involved with that, I don't see how that's any different from him being involved in, like, a graphic story like you mentioned the dark knight returns that's a pretty graphic graphic novel and there's really like r-rated content in there superman's not necessarily involved in that but he is a part of that story and that's kind of what i think this is going to be there's going to be a sequence that's really violent maybe superman's not even going to be involved with it but i don't think that takes anything away from the character as being you know that beacon of hope and that hero we all want to aspire to be if anything seems like that sequence of violence or a sequence showing the the evil in the world, it just makes you appreciate Superman more and how he is that beacon of hope. So I just think the whole thing of people getting up in arms about Superman being an R-rated movie is really an overreaction, and especially when you don't know the context of it. And the, just the fact that he is in something rated R, I don't think takes anything away from the character. And again, if this was for an actual movie, the theatrical release then yeah, it's, it'd be a mistake. I'd agree where these characters need to be for everybody to go into a theater to experience and enjoy. But as another option for us adult fans to see a little extra footage, even if there may be a little more violence to it, then yeah, I don't think there's any harm in giving us that option when you have both of them out there. So to me, I think it's a big overreaction. And I just hope once the movie comes out, I just, I that's unfortunately, I hate to say this, but something I'm excited about for the movie is the fact that we can just move on from all these controversies and stop talking about all this stuff and just be excited or for those who don't like it, just you could finally have ground to base your disappointments on instead of just viewing everything about it negatively before you actually see the movie. So I just wanted to get that off my chest about the whole reaction for this. I did feel it was an overreaction and just let's wait till we see the movie and then this extended cut to see what it actually is before we go all up in arms about the Superman and Batman Wonder Woman being involved in something rated R. Yeah. So that's my thought on the controversy for it. Well, I'm excited for both. You know, mm-hmm. the R-rated version and the, the theatrical PG-13. But I have to believe that this the sequences of violence that the MPAA is uh, talking about has to come from Batman's end. I mean, we've yep, from everything we've seen so basing my opinion on everything we've seen so far, especially that last trailer trailer that we got, you know, with Batman taking on all those thugs. I have to believe it's on Batman's end. I, I, I don't necessarily think an R rating will tarnish what 
Superman stands for. I mean, it, it can't possibly. So, I think people are just getting too anxious about this movie. You know, yeah. it's, it's just getting getting to their heads too much, and they're thinking too much about it, and you just gotta let it be and just see the movie. Exactly. Like I said, that's another big reason I just can't wait for it to come out so we can move on from all that. But to put it more on a positive spin for me, here's what I'm excited about the potential of this director's cut. Where I agree with you, I thought, you know, it's going to have to be something more on the Batman end. But what if it actually has to do with the Joker? And I got to give props to where I first saw this. This is from uh, Sean Gerber from Modern Myth Media. He wrote a piece or just a speculation piece on what he thinks this. extended r-rated cut could be and when i read it like oh man i really hope it is <laughs> because we got the tease of the robin suit in batman's case in batman v superman and you know batman's joker is gonna be in suicide squad suicide squad batman's gonna be in suicide squad but what if there is filmed a sequence where they knew it wouldn't be in the movie but it's something they could put in the extended cut for us fans and what that article was was what if they actually shot joker killing jason todd from the death in the family and that whole sequence was there and maybe it could, it's going to fit in the flashback yeah. maybe we get little hints of it in the movie but in the extended archive we really see that sequence of what Joker does to Jason you know, from what we saw in the comics and uh, to a certain extent under the Red Hood even though it was a little Bruce Tim said they couldn't go full on like they did in the comics or else they would have gotten an R rating but that, sen- that made perfect sense to me when I read that because that would be a scene that I think would warrant an R rating, especially, you know, depending on what age they decide to make Jason, he'd still, you know, be a young kid. And to see that on screen of Joker brutally (laughs) beating him with a crowbar and then blowing him to bits, that, yeah, that's an R rating. And I don't know, I I know it's a graphic moment, but people didn't seem to go up in arms about that when the comic came out. Maybe they did, I was too young, but (laughs) looking back on it, I don't know if it really caused a big outcry of seeing Joker do that to a kid like that. Yeah, but, yeah, not to mention yeah, I mean, the the Wayne murders. I mean, because we know that that uh, they cast somebody for Martha Wayne. Yeah. And so, well, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we're definitely gonna see the Wayne murders because yeah. that was in the trailer. And maybe they went overboard with that. And maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> maybe, but I'm kind of hoping it's this yeah, Joker yeah. flashback because how you cool see, would that be cooler. for us? <laughs> Yeah, as Batman fans to get to get that, and it's something that might not necessarily be needed to see by the general audience to see it in the theater, but you know, it's just something extra for us comic book fans to see, and you know, to see it like a, a I don't want to say classic moment because it's a Robin getting beat to death, a historic moment. I, I'll say in Batman's history to see that in live action. I mean, it's, it's going to be like a geek out moment for Batman fans to see that historic moment be brought to life on screen and then again it's bring home it's just going to elevate the Joker Batman dynamic even more once we see them go out in Suicide Squad or go at it in the solo Batman movie so uh, that got me excited when I saw that proposal and the speculation of maybe that's what the R rating is for so uh, I'm kind of hoping that's what it is but if not uh, again I still think it's going to be more on the Batman front and what he does and the way he operates that maybe he just 
beats up some criminals a little more brutally than what's right. going to be in the final cut. So we'll have to wait and see. But I'm definitely excited for it, that we're just getting more of Batman v Superman is a good thing to me. So even though I haven't seen the movie yet, I still think it's going to be a great yeah, thing. Plus, too, if you if you really think about it, and I was just watching this last night. I I watched Man of Steel last night, and and I don't know why it hit me just now, but he kills Zod in that in that movie. And he was greatly affected by it. Greatly, greatly affected by it. And um, I don't think he's going to be doing anything that bad in the movie. So I, I, I don't know if they're Superman fans or just fans in, of the DC Universe in general that are go- getting all up in arms about this. I don't think, I don't think it's Superman that's going to be doing anything that deserves an R rating. I, I just yeah, can't, I totally see I can't see it. I can't see it. But moving on to something more positive, Tim, I guess. <laughs> are, are you all right, Tim? <laughs> I feel better now. I had to get that off my chest when I saw all the reactions <laughs> from people <laughs> this this past week on Twitter. So <sighs> I could I could breathe okay. easier. Now, just, so. <laughs> just just breathe. Rem- rem- remember to breathe, Tim, because I don't want you passing out. <laughs> um, uh, I just want everyone to, you know, just go into this movie, just go in and see it and judge it afterwards instead of, we're just so close to it now, just tired of the negative shadow that's being cast on it. When I, to me, anyway, there's so much stuff to be excited about. Yeah, but for, you know so. there's going to be people picking it away at every little thing. Oh, yeah. I, can, I mean, I'm ready, uh, I say this sarcastically, looking forward to the negative reaction to nitpick comments of why people mm-hmm. didn't like the movie after it comes out, so... I'm sure it's going to be even worse now, but at least they have something to base their opinion on <laughs> the actual movie instead of, you know, all this hearsay rumors and stuff that's going on. So stuff that's out of context. Yep. And I swear this is Lois having red hair argument all over again. Yeah. <laughs> it is the same exact thing. Um, but yeah, I guess we can move on to our conversation with Alex. If, uh, if that's all you have to say about the Superman thing. Yeah, I think I'm good to Okay. Uh, well, as always, Alex sent in an email. It's a long one, um, but it's a good one, right? Right, Tim? Yeah, the, long, the longer, the better from Alex. <laughs> he says, hey, Bat Bros, great episode, but Dane, what do you got against Rocky? Sorry that he's not good enough for your high standards. Lousy, no good. <laughs> Tell me what character I could like or not teach you. I'll start talking up Killing Joke again. <laughs> That'll teach you. All right. Don't want to bring that up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just trying to put a variety of characters, and I forgot about a lot of my favorites like Charles King and Wally West. I probably should have put one of them there instead of Lex Luthor. Because the only reason I put him on it was because he gets to punch Superman a lot. And, well, I don't want to get sappy on you guys, but ever since I was two years old, I look up at the stars and wish that Superman was real so I could bust his face open again. (laughs) Uh, My wish never came true, so I can only live vicariously through Lex. March 25th is going to be a very emotional time for me because I'll now get to live vicariously through my childhood hero Batman and watch him hit Superman over and over again on the big screen. Well, I'm glad, Alex, because I'm glad that you are excited because that's something we need, right, Tim? 
<laughs> Not necessarily the reason I would think someone would be excited for it, but you're excited nonetheless. So I think you're going to see a lot of what you're hoping for. So you should be uh, well pleased, I think, when you see the final movie. <laughs> I never got teary eyed before when watching a movie, but I may need to bring a tissue tissue paper to wet my tears of joy when I see it at the theater. I can only hope that newly announced Ultimate Cut will have Batman killing Superman. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, we can only hope. <laughs> wow, man! I, thought, I was talking about all the negative reaction. <laughs> Just the thought of an R-rated Superman movie—if that happens, boy. <laughs> That's right. I said we. You guys are on Team Batman, right? <laughs> right, Tim. I'm definitely on Team Batman, but I don't want him killing yeah, Superman. <laughs> I can let it slide that Tim chose Team Star Wars over Team Batman last time. But you can't waver on this, Tim. Choose. <laughs> Obi-Wan was wrong. Absolutes are the way to go. Heck, who use an absolute to say absolutes were wrong. <laughs> oh, there's that argument again. He's nuts. Join me, and with our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict. <laughs> See, uh, you almost, I was fully with you on Team Batman, Alex, and I still am, but when it comes to killing Superman, that's a little <laughs> too far. Batman would never do it. I'm sorry. I have no idea where I was going with that. I've been so tired lately. <laughs> In regards to Mor- Morrison versus Snyder, I think Morrison is better. After your podcast, I started thinking about all the amazing stuff Morrison did, and I did... I didn't appreciate it at the time. While I love what Frank Miller did to establish our modern Batman. Sorry, there's a military helicopter that's or uh Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a hospital helicopter that's been flying over. Something different from the ambulances. Yeah. <laughs> uh sorry, where did I leave off? Uh while I love that Frank Miller what Frank Miller did to establish our modern Batman, uh Gordon and the relationship relationship between uh, Batman and his villains, Grant Morrison wrote a love letter and analysis uh, of the entire Batman mythos. As someone who can't, can get burnt out on superheroes for being so static, Grant Morrison blew the doors open for everyone in the comic book universe with Batman's black casebook. The integration and the spotlighting of older characters from the Batman mythos, Batman Inc., Red Robin, Dick is Batman, Leviathan, making tally up an actual character instead of a Bond chick that just spouts up beloved. Damien <laughs> and the Zurin are back up in uh, Batman's mind. Uh, a bunch of new villains make, making Bruce grow up and move past his childhood trauma, etc. Also, he had a whole Justice League run, which contained some of the greatest Batman moments, and in my opinion, it was the greatest take on the Justice League. I think Scott Snyder is one of the best Batman writers, but I thought some of the plots were too underdeveloped, and he didn't u- utilize his characters to the fullest potential like Morrison. There were a lot of things in Snyder's Batman run that just seemed to go for the cool factor or shock value. He's a great writer. He's a great writer, but I felt like he peaked in creativity with Black Mirror and The Court of Owls, whereas with Morrison, he kept ramping it up throughout his run. Scott Snyder's run isn't finished, though, so maybe he will surpass Morrison's. Any comments, Dan? 
<laughs> I will. He made some great points about Morrison and the stuff he brought to the Batman mythos, but I still. The thing I guess about Grant Morrison, a lot of it was way too complicated to get <laughs> the full enjoyment out of it. You'd have to do a lot of research and back issues looking up. I remember doing that a lot during his run. It was still good, but I still got to give the edge to Scott Snyder. He did some great stuff with the Batman and his villains, as some of the his history that he had before he was Batman. So I still got to give the nod to Snyder, even though he made some valid points for Grant Morrison. You can't really go wrong with both, I think is the best way to put it. Yep, you can't go wrong with both. But Alex has questions, Tim. Oh, that's the best part of his email, because <laughs> it makes us think. Yes, and it's always hard questions that I can never really think about or give an answer to. But his first question is, I know you guys prefer Snyder to Morrison, but who are... Uh, your top three Batman writers overall. You can include movies and TV series as well. Oh, sorry. Yeah. For me, I'd go uh, one. <laughs> you got to read this first. One Grant Morrison, two Frank Miller, three Paul Dini because of the animated series. Yeah. yeah so, for for me. Oh, sorry. Did Did you want to go first, Tim? Uh, okay. Sure. So he has one of them that I have. Definitely Paul Dini from the animated series, of course. And even it's this comic runs, he had good stuff too. So definitely Paul Dini. And i got to put Scott Snyder in there. <laughs> so those two. And then, you see, I'm kind of torn on this on my third choice. I want to go, you know, some of the 70s writers with Steve Englehart or Denny O'Neill. But then part of me thinks I should say Bill Finger because of all the stuff he created as <laughs> a Batman mythos and pretty much everything we know and love about Batman came from him and so even though maybe his actual stories are not on the same level as some of these other writers I think I gotta put Bill Finger in there just for all the stuff he created for Batman so I go Bill Finger, Paul Dini and Scott Snyder Okay, uh, in no p- particular order uh, Paul Dini I, I just think he's just a great all around writer no matter what he's writing um, number two, I would s- probably say Scott Snyder. Number three, uh, who should I pick, Tim? You know what? I'm going to go with Steve Englehart. I just think his contribution to Batman ha- just hasn't been recognized. Because you, yeah. you think of you know, uh, other writers. I mean... Sorry, what I was going to say is you, you don't really think of writers around him. The, the writers that were writing Batman at the same time he was, but you remember Steve Englehart, but as time went on, you don't really think about him. You think of Denny O'Neill or you know whoever. So probably Steve Englehart, just because he, he's such an underrated Batman writer. Yeah, I think you're about, totally right about him, You know, kind of being underappreciated because everyone always attributes to Frank Miller to bring in the dark Batman back with Dark Knight Returns, but, um, and moving away from the camp and stuff that was brought from the 60s shows. But it was really, you know, Steve Englehart and like when Denny O'Neill took over, where they kind of brought back the more serious Batman, maybe he wasn't quite as dark as what Frank Miller did, but they brought him away from the camp and stuff that he was associated from the TV show and put the more serious tone to Batman and Bruce. So they definitely should get credit for, you know, bringing them back out of the campiness more so than they than they're yeah. getting, I think. So yeah, and totally. uh, I, I just have to say this: I'm not a collector of anything, really. Um, but Steve Englehart is the one creator, Batman creator, whose autograph I would want. 
That would be a great one yeah. to have. Because I don't think he does I mean, shows, right? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure, but you really, I don't, at least for me, I don't see his name pop up that much on conventions and all that or stuff. Or if he is, he's forgotten. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, I definitely have him sign that uh, graphic novel, the collection of the stories called uh, Strange Apparition. Oh, yeah. A lot of great yeah, stuff. And I could, so much good stories. Um, but Alex's second question is what do you guys think about DC making their movies R rated as a norm? I've been seeing that people are now clamoring for that. And I worry that writers would rely too much on gruesome content instead of making well-developed de- characters and plots. Are you still there, Tim? Oh, okay. Sorry, I heard a noise. That's why. Um, I think uh, the more violent and darker content is working for stuff like Daredevil on Netflix because it's necessary for his character. It's not needed for someone cheery, cheery like The Flash, in my opinion. Won't somebody please think of the children... That's the that's supposed to be read in Reverend Lovejoy's wife's voice too. <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what he's referencing there. <laughs> uh, well, for me, it has to serve the story, and it can't just be gruesome, violent content, or nudity, or a sex scene, or whatever. It can't just be there just because it's there. I mean, I mean, just to just to be there. It has to serve the story. It can't just be, it can't just be like uh, Ava Green in the Second Sin City where she's naked for no reason, uh, uh, just cause, you know. Uh, it has to yeah, serve the story in some way. Yep, hundred percent agree. I mean, just because Deadpool was a big success, I'm sure the studio's thinking that. Oh, where's our next superhero movie that could be rated R? <laughs> and, None of the big DC characters that we all know and love should be in R-rated movies. And not to repeat everything I just said about the R-rated director's cut, something. But one point I wanted to bring out was that of going back to whole, well, because I've seen this argument too. Just because Deadpool is so successful, they think Warner Brothers and DC is doing the R-rated director's cut for Batman v Superman because they want to tap into that success. And I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, first off, I think they'd have to get this rating, you know, this director's cut and rating approved and submitted before <laughs> a good length of time, which was probably before Deadpool came out and made their money. So this was probably something they had planned even before Deadpool. So I don't think that's uh, that director's cut of Batman v Superman is just, you know, a quick fix to cash in on the whole R-rated superhero phenomenon that's going on right now. But yeah, I don't want to see that as the norm, especially on DC's big superheroes because. Uh, they just don't need to be. I mean, like I said, I think it won't kill like the characters and what they stand for. Like I talked about, if there were you know, like R-rated situations or content that happens without them, you know, actually doing the R-rated content. So I, I think the stories could work that way. But just from you know having these characters be for everybody, it's not something they should do on a theatrical run because everybody should get to want to walk in to see a superhero movie and not to worry about, you know, parents bringing their children if they should, if it'd be, you know, too violent or too like, graphic for them to see. So if you want to pick like an obscure character, because I've heard comparisons, well, DC should do uh, Lobo the way uh, Deadpool was for Fox. So <laughs> if you want to do characters like that, yeah, but none of the, you know, the main hero characters, I don't think should be in R-rated movies. Yeah. C- kind of like what Marvel d- tried to do with the Punisher. You know, hard R-rated movie, especially that yeah. second one that they did. Um, but yeah, just as long as it isn't 
just for I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, you know, it's just there, just to get butts in the seat. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, th- thank you, Alex, for your email. Uh, we always love reading your emails, and you always stump us on your questions. Uh, and we we love you, right, Tim? Yes, we did. I have to say, we we're a little quicker on the, the favorite writers question. We did have to think, but yeah. <laughs> usually we got these long pauses. Desperately trying to come up with an yeah, answer. Yeah, but uh, great questions anyway. Yep. Uh, but we have another email from Mark. We actually got an email from Mark. Yes, Marine Mark is back with yes, his email. Yes, he is. Uh, he says, hey, Dana, Tim. Well, that last trailer was very fun and has gotten even more excited. Got me even more excited for the Batman v Superman movie. What kind of sucked was the negative articles, mainly by McQueenie, that came out and... Uh, came out to rain on our happy parade. Mark Hughes's article on Forbes was the exact kind of positive news we need. Smartly written and thoughtful article. Main difference between McQueenie's hit flicks article and Hughes was laziness. Hughes' article uses real data and is written by a professional in the film industry. I've enjoyed his guest spots on Batman News, Holy Batcast, and Popular Opinion. Are you cheating on our podcast, Tim? Uh, Mark? <laughs> well, if Mark is cheating with those podcasts, I'm right there with him because I listen to all three of those shows. So. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mark are both cheaters, I guess. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't listened to them, I highly suggest listening to those podcasts with Mark Hughes on them. Basically, he says... Batman v Superman will make tons of money and won't really put the DCEU in jeopardy. The best troll of McWeenie was WB posting that Justice League will start in April and then posting a picture of Snyder on set with props with a filming date of April 11th. Very exciting time, my friends. March 24th cannot come soon enough. So comics... I really love Batman 49 and cannot wait for Batman 50. I'm really excited to see what Scott Snyder has up his sleeve and what Capullo's new Batsuit will look like. I'm excited for Rebirth and really look forward to to the new creative teams that will be announced at WonderCon. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying they were going to do a panel that they're going to live stream, so it's for WonderCon. I feel the most promising part of the relaunch is that Johns is really handling it. I like that DC is keeping top talent like King, uh, Sheriff of Babylon, and Omega Man are must must reads. He said must treads. <laughs> um, the the best book in the DCU is Grayson. Period. Anyways, have a great week. <laughs> Had to throw that in there, Mark. <laughs> also, have a great week. Uh, or sorry. Anyways, have a great week. Also, baseball predictions, World Series. And do any of you guys need a fantasy league team? I have slots. Mark the Marine. Go Cubs. Well, baseball, on the fantasy front, I never did anything like that with fantasy. I don't know. There has been something that's intriguing to me. Sounds like unnecessary worry that you have to do. <laughs> like, regardless of worrying about your team just all by itself without them winning, you got to worry about how well their players do. So it's never been a big appeal for me. But... For as far as World Series predictions, I want to jump on Mark's Cubs bandwagon. <laughs> they look really good this year, and I want them to go all the way and actually win for a change. So I'll be on the Cubs bandwagon most of this year. And, of course, 
Yankees on the American League side, but I don't know if the Yanks got what it takes to make it to the World Series this year. So if they if we get a Cubs Yankees matchup, that'd be the best. So <laughs> I have to say, as much as I am a Yankee fan, I don't know if my heart will be fully in it for them to win because I'd like to see the Cubs win also, just to get that curse and that long drought off of their backs of be not winning since 1908. So. That'd be a fun World Series, but also one that's going to be hard for me to root for. So, baseball, my baseball World Series prediction: Cubs and Yankees. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A's and uh, Rockies. Because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because well, you the A's, think. you know how they can surprise you at any time, but the Rockies. Yeah, well, uh... I mean, you gotta think that the A's could beat the Rockies in four, right? <laughs> you would think, <laughs> but you never. Know. Oh man, man, Dane. If that happens, we got to come back to this episode <laughs> and just I don't know. You got to do something for you because I don't think anyone's predicting that World Series matchup. Is <laughs> anything get swept last time? They went to the World Series. Yeah, two thousand seven. The Red Sox. Oh yeah, yeah, the Red Sox. That that was their <laughs> second World Series, right? The first. Actually. Oh. No, wait, you mean the Rockies? No, the no, no, the Red Sox. That was their second. Yeah, that was. Second. Yeah, yeah, that was their second win. <laughs> you got to believe that the A's could beat the Rockies. I mean, I know the A's don't have that A-list roster, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's A-list compared to the Rockies roster. <laughs> and they're always last in the NL uh, West. So, yep. <laughs> Uh, poor Dinger, their mascot. I like that mascot. The Triceratops with the little baseball jersey yeah. hat on. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Mark, for your... your uh, I almost said... Thank you, Mark, for your Marine. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mark, for your email. Uh, we always like reading them when, whenever you send them in, even though you're not as consistent as Alex is. I don't think anybody's as consistent as Alex. <laughs> Uh, but thank you for your email. We love you. And uh, you got to come on again and talk to us. Uh, so I guess we can get into our comic book reviews. But before we do that, we got to say, you know, there's going to be a ton of spoilers in this. So if you haven't read The Dark Knight Returns 3, number 3, which I don't know how that's still going on. Uh, <laughs> uh, you might want to. Read your or read your books and then come back to this part later. So Tim, tell me how the Dark Knight Returns three number three is. <laughs> First off, that's a mouthful yeah. saying the Dark Knight three, number, three, three. number three. The Dark Knight Returns three number three. <laughs> <laughs> but first, gotta think of a rating scale to rate this. How situation. about uh, uh, people that are complaining about Batman v Superman getting an R rating? <laughs> I was thinking of. Uh, more controversies for Batman v Superman before the movie actually yeah, comes that's out. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. So, Dark Knight 3, number 3, <laughs> saying that again. Um, so, three issues in now, and Dane, you remember we're talking about this when this was first announced. Don't know what to expect. Actually, I think expectations are kind of low for it, yeah. but the fact that Brian Azzarello was involved in it gave me some hope. And now that we're three issues in, I think I can confidently say... I am enjoying this. Oh story. man, I thought I, you were going to say <laughs> I am going to drop this book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm invested in it now. The first two issues were good. good. I like what it did with Carrie Kelly and kind of 
this new threat with the citizens of Kandor, these Kryptonians, being released and about to wreak havoc on the world. It's nothing, I don't think it's nothing like a groundbreaking new story that we haven't seen before, but I think it's just cool to see this, see Bruce, Kerry Kelly in this new situation um, that that they have to deal with now and everything that we loved about them in The Dark Knight Returns. And again, I always got to say this before I review these issues, I did not read The Dark Knight Strikes Again, so there may be certain things I'm lost on or not aware of what happened with certain characters. Just but, know that stuff so, happens. Yeah, <laughs> I just know, from what I heard, I just know it ruined Dick Grayson, yeah. even though I don't know the full details. But none of that's really stopping me from enjoying the book. I don't. There may be one or two references in this issue that... Uh, said something that happened in that story but it's nothing where I'm being like totally lost and not get what's going on because the stuff I already know just from the first Dark Knight Returns book is enough to enjoy seeing these characters again and like I said the stuff between Carrie Kelly and Bruce is really really good to see how like their relationship has developed and the issue starts with a great monologue with Bruce you know as he's checking in on Carrie Kelly who's resting from her ordeal that she just had of escaping the police you know just kind of comparing the two and he's saying actually that she's going to be better than he ever was and this is how they go about dealing with criminals and I like how he uses the, the phrase here where he goes um, she's smarter than me I was all about you know blunt trauma and she's all about finesse where I want to take the punch from the criminals to you know that thinking that'll scare them and know that I can take it and no matter what they do no matter how hard they hit me it won't work I'll be there to stop them but with Carrie Kelly, she's too quick and she gets out of the way before they make the pun, the punch, you know, to establish where they can't touch her. She's too quick. Uh, that puts that doubt in them. So the different styles they have of going about fighting the criminals, I thought, but both effective and the way Bruce appreciates that is really good. But at the same time, he's conflicted where she still wants him to be out there in the fight with her, but he knows he can't. His body is just too worn down. He even likens himself to, you know, he's a liability. He goes, I'm a noose. Like, she'd worry more about me than getting the mission done if I go out with her. So seeing that conflict with Batman, but yet the same respect he has for Carrie Kelly, I thought was really good. So the main issue of this is the people from Kandor, you know, showing them wreak havoc around the world. Their leader, Quar, is, you know, one who's making TV broadcasts, destroying uh, different countries and cities over the world, he's even getting you know his, some of his followers to do suicide attacks, just blowing themselves up in buildings. And Batman and Carrie Kelly are watching all this. You know, they said, "You know, we can't do this alone. We're going to need help if we're going to stop them." So, kind of got a good idea who they're going to go get for help. So, uh, we get this. I like the moment too. It's real short, but they're just and it's even on the cover with them in the snow making their way towards the Fortress of Solitude. Just some cool imagery, you know, seeing Batman and Carrie Kelly in, like, their snow Batman and Robin outfits. It was just cool visually to see. And uh, this goes in, they're actually going in, you know, of course, to get help from Superman. And more great dialogue here. As, as in the first issue we saw, Superman is just sitting in his chair frozen. Bruce says he's given up. After everything that we went through, he's finally given up. And uh, this is where they kind of reference something, which I think happened in The Dark Knight Strikes Again, where... Bruce says he gave up three years ago after we nearly got this planet destroyed and Carrie Kelly's all like I remember we saved the world so that was the one part where I thought well I don't know exactly what they're talking about but I'm sure it's just something that happened in the Dark Knight Strikes again so they're trying to gnaw the ice off from Superman and I, I love Bruce's dialogue here he's you know, telling him to wake up he says uh, like I can't do this anymore it'll kill me if I go out there but then he says to him the world needs you and saying that kills me too <laughs> like typical Bruce line no admitting that he needs help from Superman but he's not waking up 
But then Kerry Kelly says, you know, we're just wasting our time with him. His people are about to enslave the earth and he won't do anything. And as they're about to leave, we see Superman break out of the ice and he goes, like, did you say my people? And then, of course, it gets... Uh, there it's his attention with Batman and Carrie Kelly, and then Bruce is all saying that's another way of Carrie Kelly showing her smarts. She knew saying that would get Superman to come out of it. So, uh, more good stuff there. We get see more of the Kandorians uh, just wreaking havoc on the city, and they've given you know the world leaders a time frame to either serve them as gods or you know there's going to be all-out war that's going to happen. And so we see them conversing, and we see Batman and Karen Kelly getting ready with the sons of Batman. I like seeing that that army is still around because, you know, they have to get ready, prepared for a fight. So, But one of my favorite moments from this issue and the story so far came at the very end as we see the world leaders debating on what to do. Um, Quark and the other Kandorians come in and break into their meeting, and there's, like, monitors all around the world as they're meeting with each other and talking to each other across the globe. They're not all together in one space. They're just talking to each other through uh, TV screens. So he comes in and asks, you know, have you made your decision? It's been three days. And he says, like, what is your answer? And then we see the TV screens black out and, like, the static. And then it comes back. And then you see Batman's face <laughs> pop onto the screen. It's a great splash page. And all he just says to them is, go to hell. <laughs> That's the scene Batman make that typical Batman the Dark Knight Returns Batman type of entrance is really cool, and this is the first time we've seen him in Bruce in his full costume in this series, so it's just a great entrance. And if that wasn't enough, well, we see the Kandorians and their leader, Quart, just have like this shock look on his face, like, what did you say? But to top that moment, we get Superman busting in in a cool shot with him, you know, with his silhouette in the shadows in front of a sunset, and he's all like, you've heard him. And then you get... Quar being like all upset of seeing Superman, you know, saying like he's betrayed your own race and all that stuff. But the issue ends with the twist that um, Superman's daughter, Laura, she was, you know, the Kandoians tried to convince her to join them. And looks like, I don't know, from the previous issues, I never got that sense that she would, uh, you know, you could tell that she wasn't, you know, always like on board with the ways of Superman. But I don't think she would betray him like this, and that looks like he's ready to fight him at the end. And I just I wondered if she really is going against him, or they did something, you know, to kind of control her mind. But I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. But she calls him a traitor and traitor to the race, and it looks like they're going to have a fight in the next issue. So I really enjoyed this issue. It's I like what's being set up. Great dialogue and moment between Batman and Carrie Kelly, and then now we're finally getting Superman in the mix. So cool stuff. I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to give this one. Four out of five more controversies that are going to pop up for Batman v Superman before it comes out. I am pleasantly surprised with the Dark Knight, uh, the Master Race number three. So, looking, hopefully, it all comes together for a nice story when it's all said and done. But right now, it's off to a really good start. You got to think it's all Brian or Azarillo because <laughs> we have to. Uh, Dark Knight Strikes again. Uh, how, how do you tell a good story off of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly Brian Asimov. <laughs> <laughs> I could just tell, too, like some of the cool stuff, but it just seems like his style, too. So it's definitely a great thing that he's mainly on the one doing the writing on the story. Yeah. Which, like, at the same time, makes me not too excited about The Dark Knight yeah. 4, <laughs> knowing that that's all going to be Frank Miller. So I just hope this one at least ends on a good note that could, you know, if I don't want to read Dark Knight 4, if it gets really bad reviews, I know this one had a satisfying ending where I could look at this as a true ending for the Dark Knight Return story. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I guess with that, we're done. We're done here. Uh, BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com, BatmanUniverse. Twitter handle is at BatmanUniverse. Our Twitter handle is Tim's uh, Twitter handle is at TimG311. My Twitter handle is at DatesBanana. Our show's Twitter handle is at BatfansPodcast. And you can email us at BatfansWithoutPants at gmail.com. Also, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes because... We need more of those, right, Tim? Yes, we do. We need to get our count <laughs> up to, what, I think we're at 14 now. Yeah. It'd be nice to have 15, but I'm going greedy. I'd like to be at 20. I'd like to be <laughs> at 25. All right. Well, I'd like to be at 30. Nice quarter century. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, I guess I guess we can say goodbye, Tim. Yes, we but can. Just remember, but just remember that Tim and Dane, Tim and Dane do, in fact, love you. If you ever feel alone in this world or in your life, just remember that Tim and Dane do, in fact, care about you and love you. Right, Tim? With all, our all of our hearts. With that, we'll see you guys next time. Off Weeder stands there. Oh, what was that? I don't even know if I said it right. It was supposed to be goodbye in German. So. <laughs> I finally remembered to say goodbye to Nicholas. Well, at least that was different. <laughs> different, but I don't know if it's accurate. <laughs> well, of course.